0: This is the 2448 Podcast. What's up, everybody? I'm Matt Broom, your friendly firefighting financial planner, and this is the 2448 Podcast. This show focuses on improving your finances, your side hustles, and moving the fire service forward through honest discussion. Let's get going. Good morning, afternoon, or night, and welcome to the 2448 Podcast. My name is Matthew Broom, your friendly firefighting financial planner, and today we are making ends meet, and our topic will be education funding. This is something that comes up quite often when I'm sitting around talking finances with firemen around the station. Uh, It's not something that a lot of people have a whole lot of knowledge around, but most people have kids and expect them to continue their education post high school. So the thought comes up all the time about what should I be doing? How should I be investing? What are my options? So hopefully today's episode will help educate and clear up any confusion as to those options available to you in regard to funding your kids' education. And there are several different ways to fund a college education. Unfortunately, Too often, parents end up relying on some mixture of current income, tax credits that are designed to help pay for college, uh, the dreaded student loan, etc. Some mixture of all those things put together to help pay for their kids' college. But planning for college, like most saving and investing activities, is akin to the popular Chinese proverb, proverb that I'm a big fan of that the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. So, if you have a kid, start saving now. You can't go back in time. If you want to help your kid in college, which I understand not everyone wants to pay for their kid's school, take responsibility for it and get started. So, what are your best options for saving for little Johnny's future college education? The first thing we're going to talk about today is 529 plans. Uh, there are actually two types of 529 plans. There's qualified tuition programs. That's probably what you think of when you hear 529 plan. And there's prepaid tuition plans. We'll get into the differences momentarily. But like I said, the qualified tuition program is what most people think of when they think about a five. plan. These plans are typically state-sponsored, meaning individual states have their own 529 plan and they offer varying levels of tax benefit depending upon the state. We'll talk about the state of Georgia's tax benefits here shortly. Since I'm in the state of Georgia, it's one that I'm most intimately familiar with and it's actually one of the better plans as far as tax benefits and investment options and things of that nature. So on the flip side, You have the prepaid tuition plan. This is actually used to lock in future tuition at a certain university at today's rates. So you're paying whatever the cost of today's tuition is, but it's for the future. So you get a return because the inflation rate causes the price to go up over time. But this may be a good option when the child is maybe a few years away from college. You don't have a lot of savings yet and you are certain of where the child will be attending. The qualified tuition program is obviously the far more popular of the two, especially if time is on your side just because of the optionality. It's pretty much good at most colleges and universities. So if you start investing at birth, age zero, there's ample time to take on risk, meaning investing in more of a stock portfolio, thus earning a higher rate of return over time thus allowing you to contribute less money towards the college education because the earnings will take over and pay for most of it. So let's get into how the contributions to a five twenty nine are treated. The contributions are after tax. So this is similar to a Roth IRA. You're paying with money that you've already paid taxes on. But the money can be taken out tax-free, meaning the earnings can be taken out tax-free, If used to pay for qualified education expenses this includes things like tuition room and board Uh, I think travel to and from may be covered I'm not really exactly sure about that computers related equipment it's pretty broad Uh, qualified education expenses is a pretty broad thing so do your research if you're using a 529 to pay for these things and make sure that it is a qualified education expense The great thing is this money can be used for any college, university, community college, probably most technical schools. Uh, The qualifier is really that it just must be an institution that's eligible for federal student aid administered by the U.S. Department of Education. And I will link to a list of qualified institution in the show notes. Uh, The DOE puts out a list of all those. And it's not just limited to schools in the United States. There's actually schools abroad that qualify for this. So that's kind of cool. But let's talk about one of the objections I get from firefighters all the time. Uh, what if my kid doesn't go to college? Which I get. Most firemen uh, probably don't have college degrees. And they've been somewhat successful either in the fire service and probably started some sort of side bu- business doing uh, mechanic-in or lawn service or whatever it may be. And they haven't needed a college degree to do any of those things. So they wonder why my kid needs one, and if he doesn't need it, why would he go? Well, in today's environment, college education is becoming more and more of just the bare minimum amount of education. And like it or not, it is what it is, so you might as well prepare for it. I think something like 70% of high school graduates enroll in college. So if you're playing the odds, odds are pretty good your kid will be going to college. But what if they don't? Well, let's talk about the difference between contributions and earnings. So your distributions of the contributions you make, meaning your after-tax money, well, that's always tax and penalty-free because you've already paid tax on that money. But earnings that are withdrawn for other purposes, so the money that was made on top of the money that you put in, your interest or earnings if you can, if you pull that out if you withdraw it for a non-qualified purpose it is taxed and it also carries a 10% penalty tax so that's something that people can hinder them from from seeing the benefit there's a 30% chance that they'll never get to use this money and they have to pay a 10% penalty for it but your options don't end there. It's not just you have to pay a penalty if your kid doesn't go to school because that's how you get the money. It's pretty great what you can do with these 529s because let's say your oldest doesn't go to school and you've got one coming a few years behind. Well, you can roll the money straight over to a 529 plan for your other child. And maybe between you know the savings you were doing for your other child coupled with this, you can just stop saving for that altogether and just call it good. In some cases, let's just imagine your kid is squared away and gets some sort of scholarship. You can take a non-qualified withdrawal uh, up to the amount of the award to spend on anything you like. Uh, And there's also some other situations such as if your child was to die, become disabled, attend a U.S. military academy, those types of things you can qualify for a non-qualified withdrawal without having to pay a penalty tax. Uh, You'll still have to pay taxes, just not the 10% penalty. And really the worst case scenario is that you become the beneficiary and you have a pile of money laying there that you can withdraw in a low income year to take advantage of your reduced marginal tax rate. And yes, you will have to pay the penalty, but you still have a pile of money sitting there that you've been saving all this time. So. The point is you have options and my favorite option is just to roll it over to somebody else whether it's yourself or another kid or maybe a future grandkid or cousin or uh, niece or nephew you can roll it over to almost any family member it's a pretty liberal definition there so the optionality of the 529 is great and as far as how much you can contribute to it uh, you can contribute up to, I think, 15000 in 2020. Obviously, this changes quite often year over year based on inflation and other things, but it's up to whatever the gift tax exclusion limit is. So in 2020, $15,000 is the gift tax exclusion. Uh, but the cool thing is it actually lets you front load a 529 uh, as if you're giving five years of contributions in that first year, And, you know, this is probably not something that a lot of people can do, but just imagine a married couple that had an extra 150K laying around, they could front load a 529 and pretty much probably be done with it. So that is the contribution limit for the 529 plan. And like I said, since I'm in Georgia, I'm most intimately familiar with the Georgia Path to College 529 plan. I will link to a bunch of information regarding that plan. It's a great plan. It offers lots of good investment options, and your contribution will reduce your Georgia state taxable income. I believe in 2020, single filers can deduct up to 4000 per beneficiary, while joint filers can deduct up to 8000 per beneficiary. So you get to save for your kid's school. You also get a little bit of a tax break. That's a win-win. Before we move on to the next Uh, account that you can utilize for saving for your children's college. I just want to run through a quick example case of, let's say you're investing into a 529 plan for your kid at age zero, meaning he was just born. He's going to go to college at age 18. You're going to pay for four years. You want to pay for four entire years of college. And if you just assume that today's, I think on average in the state of Georgia, today's annual cost of a year of college is estimated to be like $10,000. I'm sure it's give or take a few thousand dollars depending on where you go, but just for simplicity's sake, we're going to say today's cost is $10,000. College inflation is at 6% in this example. Uh, In the accumulation portion of the investment, we're going to, consider that you get a eight percent estimated rate of return and you have a thousand dollars that you want to go ahead and put into this thing today to get it going and once you actually begin uh, using the money for college expenses your rate of return will go down because you're going to move to probably more conservative investments so at that time your rate of return will be four percent while in college now if you are making these contributions on a bi-weekly basis, like at my fire department, we get paid 26 times a year bi-weekly. You would have to save $108.76. That's pretty precise, give or take a little bit, to fund all four years of college. And the grand total would be $117,000, give or take a few hundred. That's a lot of money. So Maybe you can't afford to do 108 a paycheck, but 50 is a hell of a lot better than zero. So do what you can understand that obviously kids can work when they're in college. I worked all the way through college. I was lucky to have some scholarships and other things that really, really helped me through school, but you know, I worked 25, 30 hours a week and made a pretty decent income doing it was able to survive just fine. So kids can work put away what you can, and they hopefully will be thankful for that. Moving on to your other education options, we're gonna go through these much quicker just because they're not near as popular, and the 529 is really the superior plan as far as saving for college goes. But there is something called a Coverdell ESA, Educational Savings Account, where the tax advantage of it is you actually use after-tax dollars, just like you would in the 529 plan, And then the money in the account grows tax-free and there's no taxes on the distribution if it's used for qualified education expenses. Sounds similar to the 529. But you are limited to only $2,000 per year towards an ESA, but you can contribute to a 529 and an ESA in the same year. So if you max out your gift tax exclusion for the year, $15,000, you want to continue saving, you could do another $2,000 into an ESA. Uh, typically, has very flexible investment choices, and you can reallocate the portfolio as desired. Uh, but the, the what used to be a selling point for the ESA was that it could be used for any qualified education expense, including elementary all the way up through college. But that advantage has kind of gone away since the tax... Uh, the TCJA, the uh, tax bill that was passed back in 2017, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, when it was passed it gave this advantage to the 529 plan as well. So the 529 plan can be used for K-12 through 12 expenses now and the ESA can also. So the really the best benefit there has decreased. But similar to a 529, non-qualified distributions are subject to a 10% penalty. One of the uh, oddities, not necessarily oddities, just one of the rules of the plan is that the account balance must be distributed by age 30. So if your child is reaching age 30 and there's still money in the CSA, it must be distributed. And you actually cannot directly roll these over to a 529, but oddly enough, a contribution to a 529 is a qualified expense. So if there's money left over in the account, you can contribute it to a 529, And then, uh, you know, make the beneficiary of that whoever you'd like and keep on rolling with it. Another option that you have for saving is savings bonds. Series EE and I savings bonds are government bonds that are bought through banks. I can't remember which is which, but one pays fixed interest. The other one pays a variable rate of interest. And the interest earnings are federal income tax free if an amount equal to the proceeds is used to pay for tuition and fees. The exclusion here though is limited to tuition and fees, unlike the 529 and the ESA. So much less flexible as far as what you can actually use that on. And the kicker also is that the parental income must be below a certain level to qualify for this and it's not at the time of purchase. But it's at the time of actually exercising the, you know, selling the bond and using it towards college. If your income is above a certain level then, which can be very hard to know when you're talking about 18 years away from now, you won't uh, qualify for that exclusion. So very tough to plan for that. And the last option that we're going to discuss today is the Roth IRA. You can utilize a Roth IRA to accumulate funds earmarked for college. Big caveat here though. If your Roth IRA is earmarked for retirement, meaning you need this money in retirement, do not jeopardize your retirement to pay for your kid's college. They can figure it out. They probably don't want to have you move into their basement, bothering them all the time, you know, the, the daycare might be nice, but they probably want their space when they're raising kids and you know have their own family. And if you spend all your money on their degree, they're, you're probably going to end up in their basement or in a home one day. So don't spend all your money to get your child college educated, plan for yourself. Kids can work, figure those things out. The adversity might just be good for them. But let's imagine that you were maxing out your accounts through your employer, meaning your 401A, 457B, that kind of thing, and you felt like you were on a good bat you were on a good path and you wanted an additional option that could be used for retirement savings or college savings. So the Roth IRA could be a good option here. But there is some nuance to this. Uh, first of all, there's income limitations who as to who can contribute to a Roth IRA. So you need to make sure that you qualify to make a Roth IRA contribution in the first place. Uh, and then contributions made to a Roth IRA use after-tax dollars, meaning you've already paid tax on it, and the earnings grow tax-free. And then if you meet certain qualifications, distributions are tax totally tax-free in the future. So, the money that you contribute, like I said, is after tax dollars. You've already paid tax on that money. So you can withdraw contributions because you've already paid tax on that money. So that is the money that you would actually use for paying for your kid's college. You'd pay, you'd use your contributions. And if you actually withdraw the earnings to pay for college, you're going to owe taxes and a 10% penalty because that is actually a non-qualified distribution. Now, this kind of changes if you're over age 59 and a half and you've had the account for over five years and some of those things because you can withdraw the money, you know, penalty and tax free and use it for whatever you'd like. But you have to consider that the Roth IRA distribution of contributions actually does affect your FAFSA uh, much more significantly than a 529 does. So typically, the 529 is the much more advantageous plan. Well, that pretty much wraps up uh, everything that I've got to say as far as your options for college education funding. If you, like I said earlier, I think I mentioned earlier, I'm really not sure, this is not specific advice to your situation, investment advice or legal advice or any type of advice, really. This is just education. So if you need specific advice, please reach out to a qualified advisor if you'd like to speak with me or just ask a question, feel free to reach out. Uh, my email is Matthew at forwardfocusfp.com. M-A-T-T-H-E-W at forward at focusfp.com. Or you can go to the website, www.forwardfocusfp.com, And you can schedule a free planning call where we're going to sit down 15 minutes, we'll talk about your goals, needs, and desires as far as your money, and some of that might include college planning. So my point is, if you feel like you need some help with this, please seek help. Take responsibility for your situation. If you want to help pay for your kid's college, start now. The longer you wait, the less time you have on your side. And when it comes to investing and saving, time is your friend. So please take advantage of it. Have a nice day. And I will talk to you soon. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the 2448 Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share the show however and wherever you see fit. If you have any suggestions, questions, or if you're interested in coming on as a podcast guest, please go to the Facebook page. There's a Google form pinned at the top. Fill it out, and I look forward to hearing from y'all. I hope you enjoyed the music. They are some friends of mine that make up the band All the Locals, and they were generous enough to let me use their music for the show. So check them out. They flip and rock. But until next time, y'all stay safe. Cheers.